everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. Lynn, we are here in Kansas City, Missouri with our partners, our business partners, our friends, Wired Mustang. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we are. And we're going to talk business. We are. So when Regina and I started the podcast, we really went into it pretty blind. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, let's start a podcast. Sure, because so it's easy. The, yeah. Let's do it. And they, they will come. Yeah, we will build a podcast and people will come. So when we started the podcast, we we had great content. We're into it for a year. And then we're like, you know, we probably need to market market and really, I mean, this is doing well. We've got the downloads, but we, we need a website. So as we're going out to get sponsors, we've got a very professional website to lead our listeners to. And working with Main Street Market had become a sponsor for mm-hmm. us. And Main Street Market does a great job of networking in the industry and gave us several options of companies, businesses to interview to help us build our website. And we really did our footwork. We did our research. We did. And so we, we what we did is we took what what India gave us. And then we did a little bit of reconnaissance on ourselves and we're looking at different marketing organizations. And we interviewed a number of people. I mean, it was probably six, seven, eight. Yeah. I made some phone calls. You made some phone calls. Did some internet research. Yeah. And I, and I came back to you. I remember Gina and I'm like, you have to be, you have to meet Wired Mustang. I think I was gone to a horse show and you had the opportunity to meet Dave and Anna over Zoom. Yeah. And you were like, oh my gosh, you, you're going to love them. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Because we ran into some, and again, there's, there's all different levels of web designers, marketing firms out there. And Main Street Market offers somebody for each one of those levels. So using the context from Main Street Market, I interviewed and met Dave and Anna from Wired Mustang. Connected Regina with those Dave are, and Anna. Those are fireworks going off. When you say wired Mustang, it's we. And the thing is, yeah. you don't know what you don't know. We didn't know what we needed. Oh, right. And David and Anna walked us through really what we needed for our growing business and our media empire that we want to build. So welcome, Dave and Anna, to the Horse Industry Yay! Podcast. And as the researcher, I'm going to turn this part of the interview over to you because you're better on the business arm. So... Welcome. We are so glad that you guys are with us here in Kansas City, Missouri. It started off beautiful yesterday, 50 degrees, and now it's cold. But we're going to heat things up by talking about Wired Mustang, wiredmustang.com. Right. And so, Anna, Dave, talk to us about how... How you, how did you start? How did you start Wired Mustang? Like, what, what was it? How did, how did you two meet and then build this business? So first of all, thanks for having us. This is so fun. We love radio. You guys are awesome. Thank you for the trust and confidence. So David and I, we were dating. I came to Colorado going through a divorce, met David online. And a few months into, he says, you know, Anna, you know about brands. I've done this for 33 years. And he used to own a digital marketing agency. So I'm like, okay, cool. Can we? 
can we start a business as lovers, run a business? And that was six years ago now. So yes, we can. And it's the coolest thing we've ever done. And you're horse people. And I think Mm -hmm. for what for the horse industry podcast, we really, we did interview other horse people that are in branding and marketing, but you guys kind of have a, a bit of a diverse horse background because you're jumper. Yep. You show big time jumpers over big, tall jumps and you're cowboy day from Denver. <laughs> uh, we'll use that term loosely. <laughs> <laughs> so when I met Anna and she, she was riding, I rode Farm horses growing up. My yeah. grand, my grandfather had horses. I had a couple. We talked about my Shetland pony incident. Yes. So I rode farm horses growing up. Nice, easy, docile, bomb-proof horses, which I didn't know that term at the time when I met Anna. And she goes, can you ride? I'm like, of course I can ride. So she put me on her quarter horse, who's a jumper, in an English saddle. It was a bullet. <laughs> that actually is kind of a mean trick, Anna. I mean, the poor guy, you put him in a little English saddle. He was great. Did you buy him the jodhpurs and the tall boots? Well, or- that's a whole other podcast. David needs to like, talk. I'm just trying to figure out if you were trying to get him in that outfit. Oh, it's a cute outfit. So, David, you need to tell the story about the the. Yeah. So when she says that, well, after the first time I wrote him, she goes, you probably should take a lesson. I'm like, okay. So I went out. Was this after you were injured or before? Before. Okay. So I went out and I bought the, the, she says, you need to get some breeches, English breeches and half chaps. And I'm like, you know, can I just get regular chaps? You tried to take all of his manhood from him in in the first, what, few weeks of dating. And I kept pushing back on the half chaps. You know, you really need half chaps. And I'm like, but they look so silly. They'll only go down to my knees. Anna. And, but half chaps in, in the English world are like gaiters, right? They go from your ankles up to your knees. I'm thinking Western, the chaps that go from your waist down to your knees. Oh, I didn't know that either. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'll be walking around going ding, 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 looking like a little, you know, looking like a rodeo clown. I'm like, no, I want the real chaps. <laughs> oh my God. So, so that I, was a bit of translation. Anna is Swedish. Yes. And Dave is full bred American. (laughs) Oh, so fun. Oh, I laughed so hard. So we did the English for a bit. And then I believe when you dismounted the second time, I got a call from mother. How dare you put that nice man on that evil horse? He's not evil. Anyhow, so we we regrouped and then we put David on another horse with a Western saddle and took lessons and... You know, so now he does the Western and I still do my jumpers. Uh, we have our two horses and two Labradors and we work. That's what we do. Anyhow, so we started Wired Mustang because we saw there were a lot of businesses out there that needed to be represented correctly online. And what I mean by that is actually work with people. Marketing to us is simple because we do it 24-7. We love it. And our job is to make you look good, but more importantly, make more money. If an agency or company can't deliver on both, it's not the right agency for you. And it's also a very personal decision. Our style, we're not for everyone. We're not for the big Walmarts and the Targets, what have you. For the business owners who really wants to grow their business and have a company like us and our team be very hands-on. So we talk to our clients at least once a month in person, if we can, if not, we do Zoom to go through the analytics, see what's going on so we can be proactive instead of reactive with our marketing tactics. 
And that is one of the biggest mistakes that we saw out there and why we're not having our clients sign up for a year contract, for example. We do month to month. And we also still have over 90% of our clients with us since we start, since we were fold, because that's our brand language. <laughs> <laughs> and because we deliver results. And what keeps us up at night is not the obvious, but it's what can we do to make more money for client X, Y, and Z. So everything from business to business, also within the equine, that's, that's our sweet spot. And we find horse people are, you know, we talk horse. There's nothing better than to talk about horses. And, and that was really important for Regina and I as we, again, we decided that to attract sponsors, we needed a professional website. And when we went to your example, it was exactly what we were looking for. It was a, a web design company catering to horsemen with that feel. And one of the things that you, so I love it when you go to wiredmustang.com, one of the first things you see is this horse it's like an animated horse galloping towards you. But Anna, it was hard for you to find somebody to design that, right? Oh, my goodness. We laughed so much. So we took our initial design, our, our brand, and I wanted to animate it. And it was something that David and I argued about. He goes, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's going to work. I said, trust me on this one. So I worked with our uh, developer, who is an awesome animator, but he's not a horse person. So the legs of the horse... It was like human, you know, that the, the horse legs move in a certain way. So this, when it came back, I'm going to see if I can find it because it was so funny. The way the, the legs of the horse move and just the movement of the horse is like this. So it's very, it was wrong. It wasn't galloping. Oh, no. It because was, galloping is kind of your tagline. Like you always, when every reply to an emailing, email is, I'm out galloping around. So Yeah, it's a brand language. Your, your <clears throat> wired Mustang was not galloping. Oh, it was so lame. It was just kind of like, it was just, you know, stick figure walking. It was funny. But again, he was not a horse person. So we had to educate how... The horse moves, the, you know, the, what do you call it, the physical movements of a horse and the confirmation, all that goody stuff. And to assume that he knew, that was premature of me. We find that in the industry too. Like, I mean, even if you watch modern movies or like television shows where they try to bring in, like they try to make him a cowboy or they, you know, or like a mare is having a baby and the whole time the mare is having a baby, you hear her like, Nang, nang, and like that doesn't happen in real life. So she, they don't. Have, they have no one guiding them. Yeah, she says that all the time. We'll be watching a, a movie or a series where they're riding horses, and she goes, "He can't ride." And horses don't neigh when they're running. No, right? Isn't that crazy? But I mean, that is so important to again for our horse industry brand to make sure that the people that are that are helping us develop our brand are horsemen. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things that you've run into as you look at, if you have somebody come to a client, come to you to develop their website, what are some of the crazy things that you've seen on websites? Oh, I don't know if we can say that. We've seen a lot. Bottom line is that if you have a good product, goods or service, it can be marketed hundred percent easily. But if you have a really Shitty. I don't know if I can say that, but you if can. You have, okay. If you have a really shitty service, goods, or mark or product, I cannot, we cannot physically make you magically beautiful. The number one for us is that it needs to be the right and a kind person. We, Dave and I used to work corporate. We don't work with assholes. That is the number one. You need to be a kind person. We've turned down 
clients, potential clients that might generate a lot of revenue for us as a company, but we know it would be a nightmare. Uh, we have fired clients that are not nice. I remember it was one in particular, I'm not going to say who, but a financial dude, and he started yelling at David. And I said, I think we're done here. David's the nicest guy ever. Right? right? <laughs> no, and I just, and I remember I was walking a course at Stock Show in January. I was showing that week, and the client calls, and we're on a conference call, and I'm walking the course, and he's yelling and screaming and saying something to, about David. And I said, I think we're done here. He said, are you fucking firing me? I said, I am. It's going to hurt your revenue, la, la, la. And I said, I'm so sorry. And it did hurt the revenue. But by the end of the day, ladies, no matter what you do in business, you need to like the people you work with. Yeah. And we, I can't lie. I would never be in politics because I can't lie. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and we really approach all of our clients not as a client-vendor relationship, but as a partnership. Yeah. We want to partner with them to make their brand look better and, and generate more traffic to their website and generate more business for them. And increase the increase the awareness of their brand. Well, and what I'll say for the horse industry podcast and what Regina and I have discovered with you is that you do push us to think outside of the box, not just the podcast, but other things that we're going to do with horse and horse industry media with you and because of you, because you've you've helped us to figure out how to expand our business. So one of the things that I think about, I mean, I do a lot on social media, Regina and I do with our horse industry podcast and with Cool Cattle Company, a lot on social media. And so sometimes I think about, do I really need a website? If I'm active on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, why do I need a website? Talk about what what is that need? Why do we need to push our people with businesses, not just to be on social media, no matter the size, small or large, but to have a really good professional website? And to add to that, I have noticed a lot of horse trainers have websites that are now outdated. It's almost like they've left them, their crickets chirping, the wind pictures are super old because they've only turned 100% towards social media. And is that okay? Well, two things. One, your website for a business is the modern day storefront. So with everything digital now, people will go to your website. It's like them walking into your store, right? And as we've seen over the last few years, if you have a social media site or a social media page, the social media company can, they can suspend you. They can take it away from you. So if you have all that content and all those uh, followers only on social media and for whatever reason, it may not happen, but if it did, you lose all of that. So, for instance, Anna today, who was oversharing on Facebook, they cut you off for twenty four hours. I know, right? So rude, so rude. <laughs> so that example. that's a perfect example why you need to have because you lose, you lose, you just. I mean, if that was your business mm -hmm. and you were running your business off of Facebook, Correct. selling off of Facebook, and you are banned for twenty four mm -hmm. hours, forty eight hours. Mm -hmm. You've just lost contact with all your Correct. customers. So, and just what David said, that's why you need to have a website because having a website, you own your own dialogue with your customers or patients or whatever it is. And it also gives an opportunity to share news stories like the way that we do with you guys, where you upload, you know, podcast episodes. It's pretty darn cool. And it's amazing that you have over 3,000 downloads a month. 
We just think that is, I get goosebumps when I just talk I, about that. Well, it it's surprises a, us too. It's amazing. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. And here's why. Here's why, Lynn, because you have a great content. You have a great product, good sort of services. There was one guy <clears throat> many, many years ago. He came and he, he manufactures pins. The cost of a pin is like to produce this, it's 10 cents. He tried to sell it for $10. No one's going to buy a pen for $10. So we had to say, that is not what we can do. We can't help you here because we don't think in the business, think that the business is actually going to be profitable. So then we would actually take all his hard earned money, design him a website, and then not, he won't make any money. And I don't know. I just don't feel that's the right thing to do. Absolutely not. So. But to, to, to finish that, the, the, if you, in marketing terms, especially online marketing, uh, social media ads, so search engine optimization, those are all channels to get people to your website. So that once, once customers or clients or visitors visit your website, they know who you are. It's a place that they can go. And we, in the, in the marketing world, we call it a lead, lead capture box. You have something of value that you can offer the visitors. So in exchange for that value, they'll give you their name and email address so you can stay in touch with them over time and eventually convert them, convert them to paying customers. That's the, that's like the bottom of the, the, the marketing or sales funnel, if you will, the website, all, all ends with the website. That, that should be the final destination. People like to see pretty pictures. People like to see it's people are visual we're visual animals. And to be able to, I mean, I see some very simple websites. And again, like Regina said, that they're not updated. Like you cannot invest in a website. Go to the, go to the step of investing in that website and then not invest in maintaining that website on a weekly, monthly basis. And that's been really key for us. And I, I don't know that everybody understands that. Like once you build it, it just doesn't grow on its own. No. You have to continue to add content. Yeah. Like maintaining your home, your house, your health, yourself. A website is almost like a living, breathing item that needs to be updated with new vi videos to what you said, uh, Regina. Is, you know, a lot of horse trainers in particular, they have their website and it was built 10, 15 years ago. But then you can, we can see clearly it's not updated and it's dated and to be relevant and to be able to live up to your reputation. If you're a very famous horse trainer or you're a very famous breeder and all that good stuff, that's fantastic. But then you need to stay up to date to be relevant because people are visuals. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Well, and, and there's so much fraud on social media right now too. Oh my God. Stealing your photos yeah. and starting your own Facebook page yeah. where I feel like the website is something that we can protect more. Yeah. You right. Can. And talk about that. Is there protection behind those websites? Absolutely. And, and it's, that's why they need to be built correctly because just there, there are all sorts of copyrights and safety certificates. Like for your, your website, for example, it's SSL safe. So, you what is SSL safe? The security designation. So it's a way to to protect your website from hackers. It's a it's basically a a, a security protocol. The so people to, that are easiest way to describe it, right? And so like Regina and I see this all the time because there are there are women that are 
men designers that are making exquisite show clothing, like one of a kind show clothing, one of a kind hats. And they're doing all of this on social media. And you're continually seeing people that are stealing their images again, and then sharing them on social media. Whereas if they could guide their customers to a professional website where they have all of their photos and videos, it's not as easy to steal from a website, correct? Well, you can always screen grab. And there's always a way to to do that. But I think with the website, you can always have in the verbal, you know, in the language saying everything here is copyrighted. You're not allowed to use our footage for anything, so on and so forth. And I think that's very important. I mean, you ladies have the podcast and it's hard to be, try to copy the two of you because you have very... It'd be impossible. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be really cool. It'd be really cool. It would be impossible. But to copyright your brand, to trademark it, we've done that with Wired Mustang. We have trademarked our tagline, which is increase your online horsepower. Isn't that a great tagline? Yeah, increase, yeah, say that again. Say that microphone. Increase your online horsepower. I mean, it's great. No, it just came to us when we were designing the logo. We're like, we have to have a tagline. And we just brainstormed and then boom, there it was. Well, and that's part of your service too, with the the branding Mm -hmm. and the marketing. I mean, because we have sat with you and discussed future opportunities with our our media corporation, our media conglomerate that we're building. And you guys have helped us come up with taglines and imaging for our podcast and for our other businesses to come. Because... It's very important to have, you know, know how, take that out. There's a certain way how humans actually see things. Have we talked about this? No, but we need to talk about that. It's really cool. So the way a human brain, how we discern things and how we see things. First, we see colors, then we see shapes, then we see images, and then we see words. So when you design a brand, you need to think about what is your color. Like, I know the gray and the turquoise in your brand. That is your brand colors. And you have a certain image of the horse. You have a certain shape of it. And also the name, Horse Industry Podcast. That's pretty, pretty darn cool. You own that. That's, that's hip. That's totally hip. <laughs> <laughs> but for any brand, you need, to, you need to know how humans relate to other humans. By the end of the day... I'm buying your service or your goods. It's not my computer that's doing it. So it's really cool. There's a lot of psychology into marketing as well. Yeah, and it can't be taken lightly for any of these businesses. I mean, right, every one of us that starts a business on social media, we all have goals of growth and expanding our brand and there cannot be enough said for once you start to, in order to grow, you've got to take that next step and look for a wired Mustang to help you grow your brand and grow your presence in your industry. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's, thank you for saying that. And I think it's, a, it's the right thing to do. No matter what you do, if it's with us or anyone else, I mean, I, for example, I take lessons on my jumper horse every day when he's not lame. And people say, you know how to ride. Yes, but it's my duty and my what I need to do for my horse to always be better. Same for the business. You can't be an expert at everything. I'm not an expert in, in podcasting, but we do know how to market. So no matter what brand owners do, they need to tap into the experts to make them elevate and be better for because they're going to make more money that way. That's simple. For a 
horse trainer to grow their list of clients, the social media image, that website, I mean, let's be honest, they're trying to attract people that can afford horses that want to be a part of their barn. What advice do you have for those trainers to grow their grow their their visual, like you said, we're visual animals. How do they grow their training business using media, using advertising? That's a great question. First of all, if you're a horse trainer and you work, let's just say, 10 years or 50 years in the business, you have to tell the story why you share the story, why you are a horse trainer, why are you doing this? Because face it, we know there are a lot of bad horse trainers out there. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. there are a lot of bad yeah. out there. They don't care about There's the good horse. and bad out there. Yeah, they don't care about their customers or their clients that are paying thousands of dollars every month. If you and we know that keeping horses is very expensive. Well, so let me just say this. So I know that there are barns out there that after a big show, they post on social media. Congratulations! They lift yep. their clients. They list their wins. Yep. They show some candid photos from the show. I love that. I do too. I want to be a part of a barn that lets me, it's, let's, I mean, it's a lot of time and money to do this sport. Yeah. And I love to be able to share on my social media something that comes from my trainer advertising the success of the weekend, or even if it's not success, it's learning. Yeah. It's being with your barn friends and family. Like that's really important to me. And I really feel like a lot of trainers' barns miss the opportunity to promote themselves by not having have, excuse me, by not having some sort of a a marketing or advertising campaign or release after a big show. Right. No, I agree with you. And it's to celebrate the victories, whatever they might be in terms of being part of the, the community. If you have a great barn, I belong to a great barn, with great people that actually truly, genuinely support each other, that's really cool. It's a great feeling. And I'm going to go a step further. Lynn knows I am the world's worst social media poster. <laughs> I really, I really want my trainer to toot my horn for me. I don't want, I don't like tooting my own horn. And so I want a trainer who's going to celebrate my accomplishments without me having to celebrate myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I, get it. I, I want my trainer to be my cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And so I want, and I have to phrase that and that it's not really me, it's my daughter. Mm. I want that person to promote the child, to promote our horse so that I don't have to. It's right. not self, self glory. I need them to do that for me as a client. Some of them are really good at that. And some of them I wish they were much better because I couldn't agree with you more. I get so excited when my trainer posts something about me at the horse show. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We did it. Better than me just saying, oh, my God, I love my horse and I love my husband. And I love we get I totally get it. And I mean, think about the positive exposure for the trainer. If they're, they're posting things about their clients who are succeeding and doing well. That looks good for the trainer. That's even better than the trainer going, look how good I am. 
Yeah, and I, you just think back about it. They're probably so exhausted after a long week or weekend or month of showing that they're too exhausted to turn to social media. But I think that it's important for them to hire someone or barter with someone to be that social media, social media marketer, advertiser that leads them to their website that is updated with their wins or with their social activities in their barn. No, I agree. And also a lot of horse trainers, you know, they're part of uh, buying and selling horses for clients and what have you. And it's a really, really good tool to be able to put that up on your website. So even though it's just a link to a YouTube link saying, I know trainer so-and-so is selling that horse. You know, either you can work with India and have her, you know, work with her directly or post it on your website. And that would really kind of elevate the trust and the confidence is, okay, I know trainer so-and-so is selling that horse. I'm interested in that. Yeah, and I think it's important for people to understand, too, that you will not break the bank with investing in a good website. Nope. You can, I mean, there's many different lay- layers of cost in developing that that website. And talk about, like, the different layers and dimensions of a website. Okay. Well, there are a lot of layers. And a lot of our peers out there would probably insist on saying, okay, Gina and Lynn, you guys need a custom-made website with all the bells and whistles and all that goody stuff. And I think it's super important to work with someone who does not try to oversell you. If you need, for example, if, if perfect analogy, you don't need to buy your kitty a Grand Prix horse when they're just riding Shetland ponies. Right. Shetland ponies are just what they need. So right. stick with that. So that's one thing that we see because there's so much with websites, especially e-commerce sites, or any sites where it's just when there's members or there's fees involved and all that goody stuff, it requires a little bit extra. But most of the time, you just need a basic, and I'm doing within you know, a basic five-page WordPress website. We five to ten page. Five to ten. But that's a so basic. Talk, what is, so for someone that's not familiar with websites and building a, a website, what does five to ten page mean? What do you get per page? Each page. So if you if you if you can visualize a, a website and you have the navigation bar at the top where it says home, about, services, contact us, those those are each pages. Okay. Each one of those are pages. So depending yep. on how much uh, information you want to share, you'll categorize that information per page. Can you start with a five-page and then become a 10-page? Absolutely. Uh, all the websites that we do for our clients are scalable. So if we start with a five-page website, we if they come back to us and say, oh, we want to add more pages, we can always add more pages for them. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed with ours. I mean, like we we added a media page for like when we actually get somebody publishes an article about us that you can add horse industry podcast in the news. And so we have a page for that now. Mm-hmm. And then we also, and the pages are the, the displays. So that's the framework. And then on the back end, we also develop it so that you, if you want to add bells and whistles late, later, right, something interactive, uh, you can add that later as well. So, so that it becomes more than just a static and by static, it's just uh, a, a website with images and content on it. It might be something that could be a little bit more interactive, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I can't stress enough that once you have your web- website built, don't stop at that. 
you've got to continue the maintenance so that you don't become, it doesn't become a stagnant website. There's nothing that makes me more frustrated is to go to someone's website and I want to look at their horses and the pictures that they have, a, a trainer, like the wins are all from five years ago. I'm like, what, what's happened in the last five years? You've lost interest in this page. So why go to that expense if you're not going to continue to upgrade it? It's just like maintaining a show horse. Yeah. If you're not going to maintain your show horse and don't buy the show horse. Right. Right. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Dave, tell us about the customer trail ride. What is that? <laughs> well, a customer trail ride is our process for building a marketing strategy. Uh, and the reason we, we recommend a marketing strategy is just because you build a website, it, you know, the old saying, if you build it, they will come. That's not necessarily true in the digital world. You can build it, but if nobody knows you're there, they're not going to come. So we build a strategy for our clients that starts with not knowing who you are, and it starts with your website, not knowing who you are, all the way to how do you get people, the different channels to get people to your website, how do you convert them from being a visitor to a customer, and then once they become a customer, how do you convert them from being a customer to a raving fan? And a seven-step process, we call it the customer trail ride, from who are you to wow, I'm your raving fan. We're your raving fan. We're your raving fan. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of times when I want to find information about a business, I Google. Mm -hmm. So if I'm in Denver, Colorado, and I want to find a new barn for my horse, and I Google... What do you think the percentage of barns that are absolute that have a website that I would be able to find? Like, how many would I be missing? Uh, you probably miss about fifty to sixty percent of the good barns out there, right? And so, if you have a business, mm-hmm. an equine business, mm-hmm. and you don't have a website, if and a search on social media doesn't always work. No. But a Google search for horse industry podcast would lead you to our beautiful page. But a Google search of Diamond H boarding stable, and they don't have a website, brings you no business. That's correct. So you're missing out on business. I mean, when we are, for example, now when we're trying to find a new barn for David's horse, it came randomly, just luckily, word of mouth. In my farrier walks by and said, you should check these people out. I would not have found them. Well, and we searched. We searched for barns. You did a Google our, search. did a Google search. Oh. And it didn't come up. And we would have never known about it if someone hadn't told us about it. And that's all okay if you, if you choose to only rely on a third party's, you know, social media or Instagram or Facebook. But remember, what if you piss those guys off? Like, I clearly pissed them off this morning. So now I'm restricted for 24 hours. I can't do anything, but I still have a website. Well, and a friend of mine has a a supplement business and she sells everything off of her Facebook page. And she's very politically incorrect. And I mean, she sometimes gets banned for a week at a time or longer. So she cannot be herself on social media and expect to run her business because Facebook will shut her off. Well, and this morning... She got suspended, not for anything that she said. They just decided she was inviting too many people to follow a page. It's insane. So the thing is, take control, take back control of your business online. And that's what you have when you have your own brand, tagline, website. Everything else is changing all the time. Because you own your website. The social media, 
companies and people, they don't own your website. You own your website. And that's the other thing. We always recommend getting your own domain and don't let the company that builds your website host your website. Go through an independent hosting service like everybody knows GoDaddy. Not everybody likes them. But if you pay them to host your website, then you own that. Well, technically GoDaddy owns it, but uh, you're in control of it. Yeah. And that was something important that Regina and I did not understand. So I think we can wrap this episode up by just investigate what's out there, who can help you build your website, build your brand. And we highly recommend Wired Mustang. And you can find Wired Mustang by going to our website, horseindustrypodcast.com or at wiredmustang.com. www.wiredmustang.com. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.